0: Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. This is, uh, that was flawless. That's basically flawless. My name is C.J. Reynolds, and this (laughs) is Sunday Night Teacher Talk, which is chocolate we have in the afternoon when we talk about it like as if it's night um my name is CJ Reynolds I started this YouTube channel uh called Real Rap with Reynolds and the idea behind it is to create pathways and pipelines to help teachers be the teachers they were called to be um and so one of those ideas that we do is to meet you all on Sunday nights and so we create a space that is a safe space for people to explore and express what it is to be a real educator um in the world right now and all of the especially unique challenges that are coming about with that during times of covid. So, here's how this works. You show up, maybe you bring a friend, maybe you tell your school, maybe you tell somebody that you know cuz you're not even a teacher but you're a dentist and you know a teacher so you cuz so, cuz there's den- there's dentists that watch this channel. Um yeah. There's dentists that I need in my life too, but well that's a whole another story. So, you show up and in the question section, you just or the comment section whether it's on Facebook or on YouTube, you leave a comment. You could put a Q next to that, or the word question, and then you can ask literally anything you're you're thinking about, right? Like nothing is off the table um, on this program. So the the unique thing I think you're going to find here is that you have there's two other two other kind of important things. One, if you want to, you can jump on and ask that question to me in person. We can have a little bit of a conversation about it uh, because sometimes questions are you know like in written form. There might be some backstory that's that's you know really important there. So keep that in mind. The other thing is, I'm not the only person answering your questions. There is a community of individuals that show up here every week that share what they're going through. Um, they'll share their experience with that, they'll share how they're thinking and feeling about that particular topic. Um, because I don't have the answers for everything. But, and this is an audacious claim, but I'm gonna make it anyway. I do not have all the answers, but I think. That we as a community can, I think we have all the answers. I literally, I think they're they're all here, and I think that between the folks that are teaching kindergarten and first grade and preschool, and the kids that are in college, the kids that are learning, the people that are doctorates, the people that show up that are principals and vice principals and superintendents, that all show up to this program. This is like not just me the talking head. This is a community of educators, and because we think that here at Real Rapid Reynolds, we really believe. That teaching is a communal activity, and in fact, James Pete has a mug that says that. Um, <laughs> the so that's how we get we get started. If this isn't enough for you, right, Chris Carson, get your drink ready. I also have a book out. It's called "Teacher Class Off." Um, the real rap guide to teaching has nothing to do with rapping; has everything to do with teaching. But you know, some for some folks, it's written form that really works well. For some folks, it might be our newsletter that you can go to some people might be social media that you can follow us on um but wherever you are know that all of these things from private mentoring services that we provide to coming to your school and doing professional development these are all things we're trying to create to create a hub of folks that that folks can go to to get the kind of training that they really want to be the teacher that they have always dreamed of being um that was my official intro
2: great how are you today uh i'm great uh laura asked she says hope you're not buried in uh in too much snow
1: <laughs> we are it is it's snowing right now and it is like perfect movie snowing right now like the flakes aren't too big but they're just like out front the front window of the house they're just falling like straight down yeah, i'm like beautiful. kids it looks like a screensaver out there and marley was like yes this is perfect um she's concerned though that we have a really large parking lot across the street from our house and um they use like bulldozers to to clear it and so mar and her friends were out there yesterday like digging holes in the side and making little tunnels and she's concerned that today's snow was gonna fill that up um
2: she just have to go back out there and just it keeps
1: keeps checking on it
2: <laughs> um
1: those piles get pretty grungy at this point so yeah
2: they do okay well actually laura has an actual question so Lara no green. About the no not laura green <coughs> the oh oh uh, we have multiple Lars. We have a lot of wars. Mm-hmm. She says, Been teaching in September since September. Um, I'm sorry, been teaching in person since September. Oh. And I have a colleague who is really struggling emotionally. What are some ideas to help uplift her in
1: spirit? So, this is what a timely question. Mm. I constantly, let's be real transparent here. I constantly feel like I'm on the cusp of like complete disaster um, because school weighs so heavy on me because my school is in the predicament like a night that I wish just know this folks my school is in such a predicament that I wish I could just tell everyone I just don't feel like that's the move at this moment so like take a small glimpse a of that is
2: I get
1: last year 60% of our teachers left almost all of my friends left school so as much as teaching is a communal activity like when your whole community dips Um, The entire administrative team gone. They bring back a new principal this year. He quits in two weeks out out the door, can't take it. Um, We have another interim principal right now. And like, there's just no steady foundation of all the things we always used to do and how things got down. It's been shifted and changed and moved so much that it really has been very, very difficult to say the least to navigate this year. And so that met with COVID, met with being at home all the time, met with not seeing friends or going places like that stuff. Like it's real, man. It's really weighing on people. So a few pieces of insight that I got this weekend that are really important. One, I was talking to a friend last night. So I think self-care is one of those things that gets talked about a lot, but it's not like a um, it it can seem like putting a Band-Aid on a broken arm. But what a friend of mine was saying that uh, for him, he's like, oh, yeah, I do like these certain things like every so many weeks. Like I go away for a day. He gets like an Airbnb somewhere just by himself. His wife does the same thing for just one day. They'll go away for like just go hiking for the day by themselves from morning till night or stay a night somewhere. Um, And the the release that comes from that, that especially those of us with kids like my wow, house is never quiet, never ever ever quiet it's always loud um you can't tell that right now because i have my kids like plugged into the matrix right now in the other room but our
2: house is never quiet it's ever
1: always loud and we the house th- that look, friends
2: go to hang out at
1: <laughs> and i'm i'm to blame for this i like i'm not, i'm are. not trying to get away from from the fact that this is me but uh you know the the, sh- the long answer to the short question is my buddy was also saying that like He goes for massages every three weeks and then goes to the chiropractor every three weeks. So, like, those are staggered, right? Um, We were talking about, like, my wife started getting acupuncture recently. So, here's here's what I'm getting at. The struggles that we have to endure as educators or as people in general are not always based in our pedagogy sometimes they're based in our personality and what's going on inside. And so if we can, in fact, take care of ourselves, right, in in, in ways that are, are like, are going to really shake the dust, right? Like as Anis Mojgani would say, I think those are the things that help us to go back into the classroom better. That there are days Um, I was talking to a group of friends recently and um, we were all meeting up on Friday night for a zoom meeting. I know they're great people. I knew it was going to be fun. I just didn't feel like it, but I forced myself to do it and it made all the difference. It like made my whole weekend better because it was just like talking with people and laughing and carrying on and telling stupid stories and sharing things and you know, about when you were young. And it was just, it was so life giving that I think we in this moment are forgetting how important that stuff is. It just seems like a nice to have. It's one of those things like in Italy, I love that they say that wine is a grocery. It's not a luxury. It's like just a thing you do. And I'm like, yeah, like what if, what if some, what like the thing, what's worth thinking about Laura is what things seem like nice to haves, but what if they're actual necessities in your life? Like what if getting a massage was a necessity once a month, right? Like that would shift lives right and and so i think it's just like looking into things in that way has really shifted things for me this weekend that's been really something special and having really good conversations with a number of people this week has been life-giving
2: so my question though is she's asking for a colleague not for herself
1: yeah no so i think i would that's the you kind of thing i would a
2: massage for a colleague
1: well i mean not necessarily but like i wish i could but um <laughs> it, it is uh I think it's having that conversation with the colleague to say like, cause sometimes oh, you. we have to have these conversations to help people really realize like what they're saying. And so it's like, what gives you life? Like what, what fills you yeah. up and stop making those things nice to haves or one days, yeah, but like important. make it a priority, put it on the list. Can't afford a massage, like get a Groupon and do it. Um, I don't know, you like, Start
2: saving for it, right? Yeah. You can cut out a Starbucks drink to put into a massage box, something right? like that, like, right?
1: So you're shifting things advanced. around because you know that that's important to you. And I just think that's, that's a good place to start. Yeah, for sure. Um, cause you know, I think the dreaming process is so important. And once you start down <laughs> that rabbit hole, it's like, yeah, what else can I do? Like, let's have a month of me. How about we have a month where I'm not stressing about everyone else? How about we have a month where it's like, let's find some balance. The last thing to that is I'm talking to you even though i'm not sure you're listening to me I am. um i really sound like i just woke up today but that's probably because i just woke up um the <laughs> i think sometimes these giant shifts that we think we need to make in who we are whether that's your weight whether that's your self-image whether that's your depression whether that's your fe- general feeling of overwhelming sometimes feel like they're so it's such a shift And I think sometimes the seesaw is just a little bit out of whack. Sometimes the level just needs to be pushed a little bit back to the left and then you're good. Um, that's what I'm thinking about. And so it's not such a big to do.
2: Um, Tracy made a really good point. She said that there are local, um, massage therapy schools and you can get like a really student based massage for like 22 bucks if you're on a budget, right? That's a great solution. Yeah. Thanks Tracy for that tip. Um, How do you get that other comment off? Do you know how to do it? Yeah. Can you show me? Because I don't know
1: how. Well, I sure can. Uh, Right here. Hide current comment.
2: Mine doesn't do that. You can
1: just tell me and I'll take care of it.
2: Okay. Okay. I'll put one up. Catherine is next. She's asking, are you reading stories by diverse authors in your class? If so, which stories are are you and your students reading and why?
1: So, excuse me. Uh Catherine, I she just messaged me on Instagram too, and I haven't gotten back yet, but I saw your DM and it's saved in my like need to be answered. Um the so that's a that's a great question. I find that during COVID, this is a little bit more difficult for me to find diverse stuff because that really means I have to rework a lot of things. One of the ways I meet um diversity and what so let me be clear about what I'm talking about when I'm talking about that. Um in my mind, uh, creating Um, looking at diverse authors means looking at people that my students can identify with and folks that they like, uh, can see themselves in stories. They can see themselves in that doesn't, uh, for those of you that know, I teach in West Philadelphia, um, teach my students are mostly black and Brown and they're, or, and they're all males, right? So that doesn't mean just black authors, just black protagonists or antagonists in a story. What it could mean is also female protagonists that share a story so like uh so one of the stories that we've read in the past for many many years is Persepolis the graphic novel now, my boys didn't grow up in Iran a lot of them don't know where I is a lot of them um like the little girl in the beginning is uh Marjane is a, a little girl growing up in Iran in the 1980s so there's so much difference there but I think the connection to growing up in a struggle, growing up and not knowing what's going to happen next, growing up without a whole lot of consistency in your life is something that resonates with some of my students. Right. And I'm not, I wouldn't be so bold as the, as the thing that I know that all of my students are going through a life that has zero consistency in it. Right. That, that can't be true. <clears throat> and in fact, I know it's not true because they build relationships. So, but then it is trying to both expose your students to a world outside of their own and also let your students see themselves in the books. So a lot of that is like, and I just happen to have um this book back here today because I just did a book order. Um so like Dear Justice is something that like my students would see, they would read a lot of the Jason Reynolds books that have come out in recent years. It's something that like my guys are like, damn like I feel like that's like this is written about me or this is written about my dad or this is written about my neighborhood or something. I think that's important too. But right now, we don't have independent reading time because there's no way my students, some of them live an hour and a half in, by public transportation anyway from the school. Like they're all over the city. So there's no practical way to get books to children right now. So one of the ways that we're doing, trying to diversify is by using things like um, newspaper articles. So like using the New York times and finding things in there. So the short pieces um, trying to find, uh, things in like Scholastic. I'm a huge fan of Scholastic magazine. I've worked with them a lot in the past. Uh, I really like the um, Upfront magazine. It's connected to the New York Times. There's tons and tons of resources. It's not an ad for them, but they, I just think that they're a tried and true uh, resource for educators. So those are some of the things that I think are really good ways. So even if you're if your curriculum's locked in and you're only reading old white dudes. Chances are you don't teach any old white dudes. So it's like if if, like, so my reading list for the year is typically the Odyssey, Merchant of Venice, um, Lord of the Flies, uh, Fahrenheit 451, all white dudes, the whole thing. Right. But it is how can we take this thing that has been given to us and then input things? How can we make um Lord of the Flies, a human thing and not just white boys on an island thing. How can we take Fahrenheit 451, which I think is, like, basically a true story um, in many, many ways. Like, that thing came true is how do we take that and link it to secondary text, posts, ideas, um, newspaper articles, current events that are happening that are more diverse. So that's that's how I'm going with that at the moment. Cool. What you got, buddy? Take that off
2: there.
1: Oh, yes, I forgot, no, I forgot that was our, our new I agreement. Why.
2: I don't have it on mine.
1: It's cool. I got you.
2: Okay. You don't have to. All right. Noah is up and he's <coughs> asking, What are your thoughts on the CDC message that teachers can go back to in person learning before being vaccinated? Oh. We just had a whole combo about this. <laughs>
1: short question, very long answer <laughs> that I want to make a video about um, with some fo- Oh, no, I didn't turn these I was wondering why it was so dark. So let's, let's dial that in. Let's give the people uh, the best possible experience that they can have. Um, so there we go. Let there be light. I think the idea of sending educators, calling educators things like essential workers and making them go back to work, <clears throat> That decision could only be made by people that aren't teachers. That decision can only be made by people that don't work with young people. That decision is misinformed on a level that if you because if you go to a school that has plenty of room that has that can successfully fit. Um. Students in a classroom that are six feet apart that has the ventilation system to be able to deal with that. But when you have students and if I think about me and I know that there's tons of other people in the world that are in classrooms that are the same as mine or that are in worse condition than mine, where you cannot leave the windows open. You can't teach with the door open because there's so much stuff going on outside that no one could ever pay attention if they do. As a matter of fact, on my door in my room, I have this little tiny slit, you've seen my videos, a little tiny window, and I have it covered over with a poster board that I custom fit and it has like a little eye flap so you look like you're in Scooby-Doo. You got to check out there before you let anybody in and it actually says, look through the hole before you let people in because dudes want to just come and chill in my class sometimes and it upsets things. So we don't have... ventilation system we don't have the room we don't have ways to get students safely to school so if schools are cool but i got a dude that has to take an hour and a half to two hour bus to the train to the bus to walk down to my school in philadelphia those are all moments where these students that don't have access to a school bus because in philly the school bus is public transportation unless you're a special education student that requires personal transfer uh if they are going to send these kids in that kids we know are the main transmitters of this virus then put teachers at harm that may be caring for people that have like i have family members that i help to take care of that do not have an immune system it's like basically gone and so when we put folks in those predicaments we put children in those situations we are saying that 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 education is more important here's what we're really saying what we're really we're also really saying that it is it is as always the kids that fall in the lower part of the socioeconomic scale are the ones that are going to get hurt by this it is black and brown children or it, 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 let's do it black and brown children and students that come from rural areas that do not have health insurance that are being raised by their grandparents, that are in foster care, like there's all these things that could be disrupted by this. And you know why we're doing it? We're really doing it. I think, let's get on this pedestal, because school in the last 12 months has tried to take the school model and fit it into the virtual world. And we're realizing that that doesn't work. It is a broken system already, but by the grace of teachers that have figured out a way to make this thing keep going every year. Now they put the virtual thing on our plate. They're realizing that teachers are burning out, that students are burning out, that school is in fact social, emotional, well-being for our students. It is body, mind, and spirit in schools that when we do, when we are ignoring that stuff or saying this isn't working, we need to go back to school so that all of our kids don't fail. Bro, this isn't working because we're not working it, because we're not thinking about new innovative cool ways to do stuff instead we're making kids sit on a computer for eight hours a day during class doing you know and Kahoot was fun for the first couple weeks it's not fun anymore so it's like let if i think the better move is literally i literally was dreaming about this this morning as i was sitting quietly and praying i was thinking about what if schools just said teachers you're the professionals do whatever you need to do and let us know what you need to do the job that needs to be done. We're not getting through this unscathed, right? Someone's, it's just, it's an imperfect moment in in culture. and, And we were already working an imperfect system, but what if we gave teachers the ability to do whatever was necessary to engage their students and to infuse them with a sense of knowing that this is all for something, that this is actually worth something, that this is actually exciting. Like, I just think that that would be a game changer. So that's a little bit of what I'm thinking about. That, um, but.
2: Interesting thing. I read an article this morning about a school that did just that. They realized that that model for sitting for kids on. For I don't know how many classes kids take, I forget um, all day, like isn't going to do it. So what they did is they start their school morning instead of like 745, like they normally would. I think they start at 915 and that extra time is just for teachers to like plan, prep. You know and that sort of thing um and they made a bunch of other like adjustments i think they're doing like kids just have less classes they like reduced they took their they took it and said okay what can we do with the new model because the old one's just not going to fit and they made some slight adjustments and i just thought that that was so smart
1: so instead our school for instance has been overly homogenizing everything we're like they're bringing in outside curriculum um by like pearson to say that this is what's going to do and i'm not i have no nothing against pearson i've worked with some very big companies that have some like that they're this thing works for these kids it, like but no, nothing in education. i say this all the time it says it like i, I talk about in the book um school was created for vanilla children right meaning For the average kid, right? Some kids can just go to school and it's not so bad. They they figure stuff out. They they're successful. They don't get bullied. It's happy. Like they don't really mind it. But what about all the other kids that this doesn't fit for? So the idea that any curriculum would be a blanket over any school is asinine because all students learn differently, and we have to be able to move and shake things. It is it's it is the reason that you don't have a playlist on an iPod at your wedding. You have to have a DJ because they got to read the room because if the same jams rocked every person, it'd be easy. DJs wouldn't even exist, but you have to have DJs that can read the room, see what's rocking this side of the room, see what's rocking that side of the room, see what's getting people hyped, see what's getting people to buy more drinks, come back on, take off the shirts, and they're going nuts because they're waving their napkins in the air, and it's a party in here. Um, but if we treat... I mean, with the exception of alcohol, I think that scenario works for school. You mm-hmm. shouldn't serve alcohol in school.
2: Mr. James, Pete is next. Don't My man. Hate, don't forget to take that comment
1: down. I will. James, P. I'm going to take this comment down first so it doesn't look like you are commenting like that. Um, question. Hey,
3: well, listen, listen, listen. I, I, I'm coming oh, in firing, man. You got me all fired up. Okay, see. so hold on. First of all, I don't know. You mentioned something about teaching as a computer. Teachings and community. By the way, Jen, I, this is the best mug of all time. It's I so love
2: good, it. isn't it? It's a great heavy mug. I love it.
3: Yeah. She sends me a message like, is your mug okay? And I literally had it in my hand when she sent the message. So well,
1: that's because she broke my first one and the handle came out of it. <laughs> I did I. my first one. <laughs>
2: so I had to order another one and I put that communal part
3: on the back. So are you saying, are you saying, CJ, that sometimes you have to get two things?
2: I
1: before... am. Because sometimes you're. They
2: break. Well, <laughs>
1: first of all, the, the bubble mics we were sending in bubble wrap, which we thought was okay, but then the lady at the post office was like, "No, they're all breaking because people are breaking them or because they're putting yeah. stuff on top." So we make the boxes, which is a lot easier. Because I don't know if you saw the bubble mic when it was wrapped in the plastic wrap, and it looks like it looks like you're sending a sex toy in the mail. That's really. I'm just like. I mean, gonna be honest with you. It's hey. the most awkward package I ever took to the post office. You show up with ten of those things, and you're just like, this looks like. It looks like we all got a really good
2: laugh, even no. the post office ladies. The know lady us. at the
1: post office knows what I do. She knows the YouTube channel and stuff, and she's like, "What do you, what are you guys selling again?" <laughs> like I'm just like, "Listen,
3: hey man, just lead into it, you know, just lead into it." Uh, I mean, <laughs> okay, hold, li- listen, um, I had a lot of other stuff to talk about, but study after study, you know, here's the thing that you said that like resonates with me. Um, you have to look at a new model, and you know, when I first came to the, I, I taught at a year-round school. And you want to talk about freaking people out, Mention year-round school. And, and, you know, study after study, CJ, shows that if you're going to have a longer school day, you have to have more breaks, more arts, and maybe Friday off so you have a three-day weekend so you can let your brain rest. Or you cut out all the crap and you shorten the school day. Like if this country hasn't figured that out during COVID, then we're, there's no hope for education in a, in a grand way in our country. And I think we're so, people spend so much time splitting teachers apart that we like, and this is what I love about every Sunday. And maybe I don't have a question and maybe I can get off soon, but I just need to say CJ, like this, this is what like, we need to come together. And I'm not talking about union stuff and I'm not talking about any of that, but we need to come together and understand that we now as a force can let the politicians know this is what will work, not only during COVID, but when we come out of COVID, because we have all these kids with learning loss right now, and we need to reset because if we don't reset, we're going to have these tests by Pearson, by the way, don't even get me started on that. We have these tests that are set up so that fifth graders measure at a fifth grade level. What the hell is a fifth grade level now? Mm. Like, what does that look like? You know, so so I just... You know, and then then, you know, what I wanted to talk about today was I had this epiphany this week because I think COVID has made me forget about what it is to be a teacher. I'm so busy trying to cram. We teach in these strange half days. I'm trying to cram a full days of stuff in an hour and 10 minutes that I forgot, like you almost forget you're a human being. You know, so I spent Friday on my knees out in the hallway so that I could be I teach in elementary school so that as. Kindergartners and first graders would walk by me. You know, I had, I had bubbles. I didn't have the bubble mic. I had these little things. I was just throwing bubbles their way just so these little kids saw like someone their size, just being happy. And I spent Friday, I ditched everything. And we spent Friday just being human beings. And we talked about Valentine's day. I got, look, I got, I got quarantine Valentine's over here. Like I'm just, I'm just like, I, I just, I guess my question to you was like, what are you doing to like humanize, like being on cyber? Cause I know you're, you're online, but maybe the the bigger question is, is it's more of a statement. Like everybody's watching this, like tomorrow, like everybody just go, go in or turn on the computer and just find a way to, to show your kids that like, we're all these human beings just trying to figure it out. And, and I, you know, I don't want it to be about like, uh, get grace, grace, grace. People keep saying that to the point where that's almost like noise in your ear. But maybe the grace is understanding that some teachers have to hold kids accountable because they haven't been accountable all year. And some teachers need to say, okay, it's okay not to do your homework. Both can fit. And I don't know, like, I don't know, this is a big mess of a conversation, but I agree with everything you just said. And maybe that's going to be the theme this week is just, you know, resetting. Everything. Yeah. So I, I,
1: that's, that's really important. I think part of the issue is that teachers have not been given that ability to exercise that muscle. So then it becomes like, you know, like when, you, when you're, when you put on actual jeans after being in quarantine for a year and you're like, damn, man, like, who can't sit down in these, like, you know, I got to sit down at the desk and like undo the button. Um, you've gotten you've sort of atrophied that I think one of the things that folks could think about is like how are you doing that for five minutes tomorrow how are the kids coming in and like the other day like real simple stuff and I'm and I'm and I made a a joke about Kahoot or a statement about Kahoot because I really am like all right Kahoot was really rad for a minute but like uh we but we did a Kahoot the other day that was just about the NFL it was like hey it's Friday um super bowl is this weekend with the big game we're not allowed to say we're not allowed to say the actual s word um it's, it's like copyrighted but it's like hey like this no yeah, it's that, not yeah you're not, dude on tv if you keep seeing they always refer to it as the big game you're not allowed to say super bowl
2: why yeah
1: like on roku right now it says watch the big game today because they're not allowed to say so, watch the super bowl it's, it's some crazy copyright anyway. thing well, anyway, sorry. <laughs> but like Um, we just did it on the NFL or one day we just did one on, uh, we did another quiz that I had. I really like Sporkle. I don't know if, I don't think people really use Sporkle enough, but Sporkle is a really great thing. So there was like days in class where it's like, here's every character ever from family guy. Um, let's see how many we can get for no reason. Right. And I tell my students, I say, this looks like it's for no reason. It looks like we're wasting time doing silly stuff. Um, or, but really what I said, unless you're interested in things like community, unless you're interested in things like building culture, like having fun and realizing the the effect that fun has in your classroom. I once made a video uh, and part of it was how I, uh, I didn't make this game up. I got it from a friend of mine on Instagram, Chris Peck, who has a really great Instagram to follow. Uh, he. We took expo markers, stand in the back of my classroom, and you toss them underhand and try and get them on the marker ledge on your whiteboard.
3: Oh, and yes.
1: You would do it for like the last five minutes. And I had folks that got so mad at that video because they were like, this is a waste of time. We should be teaching bell to bell. And I'm like, dude, this is all part. Like, how do you think I get them to do all the other stuff? Because I'm, you're, con- I constantly have kids that go, yo, I love Reynolds class. We don't even learn nothing in there, man. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I know that we're learning stuff, I know yes. that we're doing stuff. But, like, what if exercise was fun, right? Like, then you would, it would, you'd win and you wouldn't even know it. It's like not, like, sit up suck. But for, I guess, Peloton bikes are awesome because everyone's friggin' buying them.
2: Oh, I want a Peloton bike. See? <laughs>
3: so, they have like a Peloton treadmill now. It looks really cool. I'm just saying.
1: I heard about this. They were coming out with it. Yeah, yeah I had
2: a runner. Yeah. Got-
1: Come on, man! You get like, a Peloton bike, put on the Oculus at the same time. I might
2: fall off the bike yeah. if I did that. That's
3: one. a video right there.
1: <laughs> That's when she is plugged into the Matrix. That is when Fahrenheit four fifty one becomes absolutely real. But yeah, look, man. You know,
3: here's what everybody needs to do tomorrow, and then I'll I'll hop off here. Listen, you got the super, you got the big game tonight, and <laughs> and and listen, this is what we do every Monday after the big game. We we, I tell my kids I said I know a lot of you don't watch it but if you do watch it here's what you do you watch every single commercial tomorrow top 10 so tomorrow I have my top 10 all set up and my kids and whenever they do that they get they get bonus money in my classroom so so set your top tens guys let's let's find that's, those good commercials that's a good idea just, just you know you got to be careful because you know when you have fourth graders some of those commercials you know you know but bud's yeah. not doing them this year so
1: I forget. I forget about that stuff. Look, man. Thanks so much. That was awesome, man. I'll talk, talk to you everybody. Peace. Later.
2: I just want to make a quick reminder to everybody. If you're using the link to go live with CJ, there's another link that comes after you actually post your question. That's to get you into StreamYard. Um, so make sure that you are using the second link that pops up to get you into the yeah. waiting area.
1: We really um, want you to be on here. It's really not that bad. It's like. Hit the link, it'll take you to a page, and then there's another link that actually brings you to this, so. And it
2: won't bring you in live, it just brings you into a waiting room. Yeah, you
1: got, I can seat. see you on the screen in, in the bottom here. Um,
2: All right, next question is from Emily Lake, and she's it saying, hi Reynolds, I'm a senior studying elementary education, and I have following you for quite some time, love your videos, I am planning on student teaching this fall in Ohio, but I feel like this semester is when I need to really be going the extra mile to prepare. To become more versatile and experienced what would you recommend i do to get prepared now despite the current pandemic
1: first of all i really like all of emmy emily's uh, pictures in the background there mm-hmm. um so uh i what a great question trying to prepare i think is not so much about it, it so i don't think that there's any one thing i think if i was going to give advice if i was going to like give you a to-do list of like these are some things that you should be doing. I would say figuring out some of the technology that's online right now. Um, a lot of there's so much stuff, and it is. And I think in the beginning of the year, I thought, oh yeah, we're going to use Flipgrid and Edpuzzle and Kahoot and Schoology and um, I forget what else we were even using. Like there was, there's just so much stuff to use. One, it's learning it. But then also, as you're learning it, thinking about what are simple ways I can get kids to be able to understand this. Because as it turns out, studies show that our students, although they've all grown up with the Internet, they've all grown up with technology and smartphones and tablets and and computers. Students can navigate a smartphone because they can swipe. They cannot all navigate an interface on a computer. So like a website. So like and some of them are kind of messy, like Kahoot's. I I think that Kahoot's um, layout is is very confusing so that when you go on there, it's like, well, where do I find the search bar? Oh, you got to click this thing up here and then the drop down comes down and then I have to hit discover, but that's not that you're using your own language and it's not really intuitive. So it's like helping kids to figure out how to do some of the things that are online. The other thing is I would really start diving into Students that are that have learning needs that are different than those that can really be accommodated by traditional like teaching methods on virtual teaching. So what that means is some kids you can go on virtual, you, you like tell them what they need to know, tell them what they need to do. You walk through the steps, show them where, where are the answers go and stuff like that. Bam, put them in a breakout room. They got it. No problem. Like they're just rocking and rolling. The other thing is, what do you do with students that are struggling because they have dyslexia, dysgraphia? They are on a much lower reading level than everybody else in their class. Kids that have really wild ADD, kids that are really having social-emotional issues. I think it's not – do not try and, like, recreate the wheel. It's connecting with people that are already in classrooms, like the ones that you'll be in, that are finding ways – to help students find success. And I think that one of the ways to do that is, I'm just gonna say the Facebook group, I think, um, and I'll put this up here for those of you that are interested. Um, I think the Facebook group is, oh, that's not happening
2: See, no. I don't yeah. know why it's like choosing that.
1: It's like choosing its own adventure. Um, but anyway, uh, if you go to Facebook uh, and search Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk, there are 4,000 people in there that is like, you know, not that it's not a million people, but it's 4,000 people that are all crazy like us that are in there that are trying to do good stuff. And so asking like, hey, what are ways that you're finding that you can meet the needs of, of students with with learning differences this year? Um, that I think is huge. And then the third thing is just like we were talking about earlier. What are ways that look? Like, my, my pastor just said this in a sermon this morning. Um, that, how did he say it? That, that confrontation, that, like challenges, are a part of life. They're just gonna show oh, up. Crisis, right? Cri- crisis is inevitable. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Crisis is inevitable. But how can you become the person that can handle it with ease? How do you become the person that can take a punch, split, spit the blood out, and keep going? um, that's what we're kind of doing is, is creating, uh, teachers ourselves. We're building ourselves up so that we can handle these things because how can we teach our students to do that if we can't do it ourselves? So it's about building that muscle too. And I think that that's a really important part too. Um, yeah. And then let me add one more on there real quick. Um, how can you have fun with this? Right? Like teaching, I, I really, I just think the fun piece is so important because like. Was was Mary Poppins wrong when she said a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down? That like like school doesn't have to be this like grimy, gritty, we're gonna learn, we're gonna test these kids, we're gonna do this thing, it's gonna be hard. It could be like you could take a jog with a smile, you could go to the gym with a friend, you could ride a bike and have fun, or you could just get after it. And so I just think that like I, I don't think it has to be one or the other. Um I think that you can have fun, and I think just dreaming about ways you can do that is is a fun activity. What you got? All right. Am I talking to this person next? Because I'm still. No, I not guess. yet. But all right. T-
2: I am excited about. I'm coming for you, you Will. Hold me. on.
1: You're there. I see you.
2: <laughs> um, first, we're going to answer Vanessa's question. Yeah. She's asking. I'm a high school social studies teacher and have a first year special ed teacher in my classroom. How can I best support her? She just graduated in December and is getting the hang of things.
1: First of all, can we talk about Vanessa's profile picture? That <laughs> is awesome. a pug.
2: Marley, we with love that. wings
1: <laughs> and a unicorn, I feel like our daughter has a shirt with that. I feel like the, uh, Like no, she's a
2: cat.
1: Li- right right, right now, yesterday it was a cat with a
2: unicorn on it. Right
1: now, little space freckles is going. I have a tattoo with that on uh, on my back of <laughs> a uh, pug with a unicorn. <laughs> uh, so all right, how? So I think one is um, listening. It is listening to people and finding out what their needs are. And, and just letting them be what they are and then trying to help them meet those needs. I think the the best thing, so I, I had, I would argue, I'll say this for me, I don't like doing, you're the best person in the world. You're the best wife in the world. You just discounted like how many wives in the world? Like, like come on. Like, I, I, like when people do that, I'm just like, wow, that was pretty audacious comment like comments. Um, but for me, I had the best student teaching um like teacher that I was connected with that I could, that, that could have been there for me. The reason why was he let me take over early. He let me fail fast and he helped me to get up when I did. So by the second week of student teaching, um, so that first week is just like collecting information from students, doing who am I. It's like, it's not a lot, whole lot of learning going on, but that second week we jumped in full force and I was given my first two classes out of a five class um, set that he had that were all mine the whole time. And so that was like, damn, oh, all right, this has got real quick. That was awesome. Then I was allowed to try stuff and fail. I was allowed to try anything, do anything, go anywhere, be anyone that I needed to be for these students. And then when I failed, he would literally sit in the back of class, write copious notes and say, all right, look, let's learn from this. Here's what I saw today. Here's what you did. Here's what you didn't do. Here's where you were. Here's where you were not. Um, These are some things that need to be taken care of for the next class I just want to see you try and do these three things. So it was like sizable chunks that I could plan for, that I could develop, that I could that I could shift and change. And that was really really helpful to me as well. And then I think just the fact that he just cared so much about the fact that he wanted me to be a good teacher. Like and just wasn't afraid to show share anything. He shared all the tips and tricks and secrets and Like we would have dinners together and go out for lunch together. And it was just like, it felt like a real bond. Like we were really like becoming lifelong friends and I, nobody, nobody, not college, not a teacher I had before. No one has impacted my, who I've become as an educator as much as Nick Sicaria from Winslow Township High School in New Jersey. The end. I hate that we
2: cannot
1: get a hold of him. No, I I don't know. He like disappeared off the face of the earth. I don't. Yeah. Um, I think he just got old. He was tired of everyone knowing. He was tired of being locally famous. He was like, I'm out. I live in a cave. I know. What you got?
2: Um, who's next? Just hold on a second. <laughs> you got it. I need a minute. You um, can take a minute. I don't know who's next. I
1: don't, I don't know. know why this I was isn't.
2: Looking at...
1: Let me go I know.
2: Next. See, I'm telling you. I knew that was there one time.
1: Oh, I got it now. Here's what you have to do. You go to the bottom where it says show new comments and then it pops up at the top.
2: All right. If you want to take uh, a little space,
1: here,
2: like,
1: oh yeah, I'll go there because I don't know who's next. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Here we go. What's up, buddy? Yeah.
4: How are you? I'm good. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, I live out in the woods, so my connection is butts.
1: <laughs> um, are there party lights on in the room that you're in right now?
4: Yes. It's
1: fantastic. <laughs> Love it.
4: What's going That's on? True. Uh, Yeah, so the question that I had, um, we recently moved to a new um, model. So we were teaching hybrid, and now we kind of split off into cohorts. So we have strictly live classes, strictly virtual classes. Everybody's virtual like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have live days. But the virtual cohorts, so the classes that opted to just stay virtual, we teach them virtually. The question that I have is for those live days, we're teaching 80-minute classes. And for the students who are in person, it's fine because that's time where we're working on stuff and like it's very chill working on stuff. So we're working on papers, but like people are talking amongst each other, building that sense of community. They're talking with me, we're jamming with music, it's a good time. But virtually it's just like awkward silence. And I'm really trying to figure out how do I feel less useless in that awkward silence during those 80 minute stretches for my virtual classes?
1: Yeah. So are you teaching them at the, like, is it while you're working with the live kids, the the online kids are like on a screen somewhere at the same time?
4: No. So like the virtual classes are strictly virtual. It's just me and them.
1: Okay, cool. So, you know, one, let's just say this there might not be an answer to this right and i just think that that's worth thinking about right it's not something to lose hope over it's not something to get you know upset about but like there's this great scene in um there's a movie called as good as it gets with jack nicholson that came out like i don't know probably 20 years ago now or something um and he has really bad ocd and he just kind of can't get over it and so he had there's this great part in the movie where he looks at these other people that are in the therapist's office and he goes look, what if this is as good as it gets? Like, what if it doesn't get better than this? How can I deal? And the the reason I like that idea is, what if I don't get, like, how do I deal with the things that have been given to me instead of just getting upset about the way that things should be? And I think that that's an interesting conversation to have with yourself. The second thing I think is, Asking students like I, I and the, I think the best way to do this is one on one and then bringing them back. So I will often have kids in breakout rooms while everyone's in a breakout room. I could be doing grades and like trying to catch up and stuff. But I usually just jump from breakout room to breakout room, check in on kids and go, hey, man, what's going on? Are you watching the Super Bowl this weekend? Or um, have you ever or, or sometimes I ask weird stuff. I'm like, guys, have you, ever, uh, have you ever put like paint. Pancake syrup on popcorn, it's like really good. And they're like, no, but I do put Old Bay on. Them. I'm like, what, Old Bay? And then we have this conversation, right? So, but what you're doing is finding small moments to interact with children where the whole group's not there so you can talk about that. And then asking kids two things. Well, asking two folks two things. Like, one is asking kids, um, what could we do? Like, let me just ask you this real quick. And you don't even have to answer me right now. You can tell me tomorrow. I just want to know like what can we do to make this more awesome, more fun, more funny, more engaging, more like so it doesn't just suck every day. And I think in asking kids that sometimes you realize that they don't some kids don't mind. Like some kids are like, no, I'm chilling. Like I don't need you to do anything else. Like I just like I like just doing the work and getting it done and handing it in. Like they're just not those dudes. They're they're not the ones that are at the concert that like wave their hands in the air like they just don't care. They're the people in the back just having a beer and they're like nah it's cool i like i'm having fun i just want to show it on my face the other thing is contacting parents and i've done this i just sent out like uh i forget if it's like the bcc email where like no one can see each other's email and say hey look this is what i'm noticing i'm just wondering like what's worked in the past for your kid what are you what are some like specific things you're dealing with that i might be able to address or Like, what's, like, what's the state of the union? Like, are they good? Are they, do they need something from me? Like, because kids won't always tell you, but parents sitting there watching their kids learn on a computer might say, no, my student needs more engagement. They need you to call on them. They need you to tell me, tell them to turn on the camera. They need you to do whatever. And I've been thinking a lot about how do I take being stuck in the house, teaching virtually and make it more engaging? Like, can I take my laptop like out back? Can I go out in the snow? Can I teach from my car? Can I drive down the street? Can I go to the river? Can I go to a park? Like what other ways, what things can I bring in? Because this is what my kids see every day. What if they came on and they didn't? What if it was like, Reynolds, where are you? Like, what are you doing there? What's going on? Might be enough to just shift things slightly and help me sprinkle magic on the classroom in those ways as well. Um, Yeah. So I I think that that's, that's part of the way. I love that you get to see some of those kids in person though too. That is So great, Um,
4: (laughs) like communication back and forth. I think just that stark contrast, because the two, the schedules that I have, it's like Thursday, all in-person classes, Friday, one in-person class, three virtual classes, and then the room just feels so much more empty after that one awesome class. And it's just like, all right, hey guys, welcome to my empty classroom, jazz hands. And they're like, wow, it,
1: that's tough. <laughs> 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 yes. um, look, if you come up with some stuff, if, if anything works, like make sure you share it with us because we like this is the, it's the question everybody wants the answer to right now. So if you figure out even some ingredients to the secret sauce, like let us know.
4: Yeah. Um, one thing I found out and I'll, I'll leave with this one thing that I did find out um, and you've kind of already been doing it already is to just keep things incredibly weird for no reason. And I got, I have 15 year olds. Um, and so just very stark contrast to things that they would normally think about. Um, when was it Friday? Um, I, my last class of the day, they were like, uh, what's the difference between tone and mood? And I was like, Oh boy, do I have a video for you? So I hopped on YouTube, pulled out, um, if you've ever listened to corn, um, pulled out the very aggressive, um, yelling screamo part of freak on a leash and was just like okay how does this make you feel how do you think they felt when they wrote this that's our difference between tone and mood and it was able to just kind of wake them up a little bit after being just just dead inside for 20 minutes straight so that was really cool
1: i like that that was the example you used i used barry white when i did it (laughs) because i just taught that last week also and i was like Oh yeah. I'm like, if you're trying to create, I said, mood is vibe, man. It's creating the vibe. Like, so someone's coming over the house, whether you want to have a party, whether you're in the club, whether you're in a roller skating rink, right. You want to create the vibe and you got the lights going and the disco balls on and the right jams are on. Like you're trying to create that vibe. <laughs> and then the tone is, is the sultry way that Barry white like speaks that you're just like, Oh, damn. Like, you know, you might 900 pounds and like, you know, have a, you know, you've had the same slick back do for the last 40 years, look like, you know, super bad, but like still something about the way you say things, man. It just makes me want to go. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. Um, Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. That's, that's the way you went. Um, is like this, the complete opposite. I think playing both of those in a class would be like, let's talk about the difference between the two, of <laughs> the, the mood in both. So, Hey man, I'm glad that you came on. It's always great to see you. You're, such a fantastic human being um and i just you're one of those people that i'm like yo if we taught in the same school people would be like yo the whole third floor is weird like i don't know what's <laughs> going on like it Like, it would is, amplify each other's weird. i think cam. it would you yeah. would make you it like mentioned
4: Unicorns, factory. and i was like oh yeah i, I do have a unicorn
2: <laughs> can you just be my daughter's teacher
1: she That's would it, everyone.
2: she seriously would
1: we'd have to live in the woods though which sounds about which sounds perfect. I want to anyway, look, I already live in the woods. <laughs> I know, I know that's what we're saying. Like, that's our move. Next move is to get out of the city and to be. I want to live on a farm, but um, yeah, we want we'll to definitely the woods have too. woods. But <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and spraying some of your awesomeness. I appreciate it. I will okay. see you. Later. Peace. Um, she's fantastic. Amanda is, next. Amanda is next. She
2: can ask her own question, too. Um, Oh, i mean I can read
1: it too. Sure. What's up, Amanda? How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you, CJ?
1: Doing great. Uh thank I'm, you. For I'm waiting. really
0: excited to, to be on your show. I've I've been watching you. I normally watch you on Monday mornings. I have a an hour long commute. Um and I just bought your book. So I'm I'm excited to be on your show.
1: Love um
0: it. but we've been virtual, so uh I guess I've missed a lot because this is the first time that I've seen uh you know this feature. Um only been around we, for a little
1: bit. Like we had to figure out a way to do it, but it just it helps sometimes because sometimes I read a question, I'm like, wait, what, like, I don't know what you're in, I don't know, like, like, it just helps to have a little mm-hmm. bit more, um, and it's fun to see people. Like, like you,
0: Basically,
1: I don't know what people really. look like, right? Their profile <laughs> picture is a donkey or something like that. And I'm like, oh wait, look, you're not Kermit the Frog. Like you're an actual human being. So it's really, mm-hmm. fun. it's been fun. So, what's so the, what can, we t- um, can you tell us where you're, where you're at, where you're beaming in from?
0: Yeah, I live in New Jersey, uh, Ocean County. Oh. Um. Yeah, so not too far. Um, awesome. Yeah, I know you guys are in Cherry Hill, right?
1: We're in uh, right outside Philadelphia, uh, right near like Gloucester City, New Jersey.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, but we have been all virtual since March. So we're coming up to a year. Um, and, you know, I think like a lot of teachers, I felt at the end of last year that my work was kind of incomplete and I didn't really get a chance to say goodbye uh, and now we just finished our first semester um, and we switched students. So we got, uh, you know, they switched classes. We, we got new students. Um, and again, I feel like it's uh, very incomplete. Um, and, you know, now I have, I think I went through like a little bit where I was uh, really upset saying goodbye to these kids. I felt like uh, my work wasn't done. Um, and... Then we got these new students, and I just kind of feel like I'm, I need to figure out a way to re-energize and to uh, make these connections um, while I still am battling with my own uh, worries with this pandemic. Um, I teach in the resource room. I teach uh, Algebra 1 and Algebra 2. And uh, one of my classes, I have four kids in, which is the smallest I've ever had. And I was really excited about that because I thought that I would be able to make these relationships um, and it's all seniors. And uh, I've been having a problem getting them to show up because um, the kids are feeling the same way that they're not feeling energized. They're not feeling motivated. Um, and you know, one day I had one kid. Uh, another day, everybody came in a half hour late. so. It's been kind of a a struggle to start to get to know these kids while I'm still kind of thinking about you know kids that uh, I felt kind of incomplete with.
1: Yeah, yeah. For so when you say so, you ha- what's the total number of students that you would have in a class? Like if everyone showed up.
0: So in in that class, it's four. Uh, my resource classes they max out at nine. Okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if everybody showed up, it'll be four.
1: And so what are we talking about with regards to, like – and I'm not asking for any specific details because I know, like, that's, you know, inappropriate or or against the law or whatever. But, um, like, are we talking about kids that are just, like, below grade level? Do they have – is there, like, behaviors involved in there? Like, so what –
0: Yeah, it it can be any mix. Um, You know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, that they have some sort of – a discrepancy between, you know, their IQ and their performance. Uh, sometimes it's that they have, um, you know, they're autistic or they have ADHD. Um, but their, their skill level is high enough that they can do algebra too. Right. So, uh, you know, they're still at a, a curriculum that's pretty rigorous, okay. but you know, at a slower pace, I can modify it. How, how I see fit.
1: Okay. So I, I you know, the reason I ask is because I just think that's like students that are in the special ed programs are the kids that are being the most severely hit by this in mass, right? Like there are of course other kids that like have re- there's something going on at home that just makes home like not a safe space to be, and I wish they could be in school. But it's hard. I'm, so I'm sure you know to like meet a lot of like I read the IEP and I'm like, dude, I can't even implement half of this stuff right now. Like I can't like be sit close to a kid and like work in a small group. It's just it's so difficult. Because they, I'm not physically in your space because you're on a camera. One of the ways, especially with seniors that I found that has worked is, you know, I, I think a lot of the students don't do work because they don't think that there's a reason to, that they've lost hope, that they've lost uh, a sense of like, why would I do this? If I'm not getting graduation, there's no prom. I can't play football this year. I can't play basketball. Um, and they're just, they're just drained from all of this. It is helping to infuse kids with a sense of why that I think if we can get them to remember why we're doing this, like we're not learning algebra just to learn algebra so that you can like, I don't know if you're on Jeopardy one day and you can be like, Oh, actually the, uh, this is the answer to that. It's not just knowledge for knowledge's sake. It is what we're doing here is bigger than that. What we're doing is trying to get you to graduate high school. Like This is a game right now. and And the goal is to graduate high school and then, that's only part of the way of the goal. Like, what do you, I ask kids all the time, what do you want to be? What do you want to do in your life? big picture? Like be, and I don't care what it is. It could be, be a YouTube star. It could be, be a football player, own my own business. And no one ever has a specific business or just like, you know, business, like clothing or something. I'm just like, we got narrowed down, bro. To, to what are we focusing on? Like what part of clothing? Um, it is, they want to be, a truck driver or a nurse or whatever it is. And then helping them to see like, okay, well, let's look at that. And then what do you need to get there? Because you can't just start driving trucks. You don't just own a business. You have to know things like math to be able to figure out your taxes. You have to be able to look at inventory. You have to be able to, um, and even if we're not working on those specifics, you need to become the kind of person that rocks a successful business, that is a legitimate, like, trustworthy truck driver, um, that can nurse someone and or be a nurse to someone. Like, I don't think that our students often think that far ahead. They just think that, oh, yeah, I get out of school, and I take a program, and then I do it. But what happens when you're in program your program? What happens when, you know, like, what do they do, Amanda, when you're not there next year to help them get through the virtual ver- version, possibly, of Whatever secondary courses that they want to do. So it's helping our students see that what we're doing right now is absolutely crucial to the person that you're going to become. And for me, that has helped a lot. And it was, it worked better when I was in person because I would like draw it out for kids. We'd put it on the whiteboard, I'd draw it on my desk, um, and say, like, all right, you want to be a nurse? Well, look, to be a nurse. You have to graduate high school so that you can go to Philadelphia community college for a two-year program to become a nurse but when you get out you're going to make this much money now if you want to become a CNA instead which is this is the only reason I know all this stuff is because I worked through this with a kid CNAs are going to make you know significantly less money do far more like kind of I don't want to say grunt work but it's like you know you're you're kind of cleaning up after uh, what the nurse would be doing and helping kids to see that like do you want to live on your own or do you want to live with four roommates? Do you want to have a new car? Or you want to drive your mom's beater the rest of your life. Do you want to live in your mom's basement next to the Christmas decorations for the rest of your life and collect swords and have a ferret? Like, you know, that maybe, maybe you want to, <laughs> but it's trying to get kids to, to dream big enough and then realize what it practically takes to reach the dream that I think shifts mindsets. And I think that most kids, Amanda, like, they just don't have these conversations with adults that everything is about, guys, we have to pass this so you can pass the state test so you can get basic skills. You know, in New Jersey, you have to like pass that basic skills. Te- oh, I don't know if that's still the case. It was when I taught in Jersey. I had to pass basic skills to be able to graduate so that you can do this. So you- it's just it's like uninspiring to kids. But if we can. Say well, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to drive? Where do you want to go on vacation? Like, do you want to be able to help your mom out that raised you, or your grandma that took care of you since birth? Like, can we let that woman stop working and you can make enough money to like have her come live with you or subsidize her lifestyle? Like, how big can we dream? And then you're telling me the only step right in this class right now is to learn algebra two helps you get there? Like what? Like, and I'm helping you, and there's only four of us in the class. Like, we should be able to annihilate this. This isn't even that hard. So yeah, that- I mean,
0: at this point, I, I feel like I we've only we had a snow day on Monday, right? We we changed semesters. Friday was the last day of the last semester, so then Monday we had a snow day, um, and which I kind of think is silly to begin with that we're all virtual and we had a snow day, but so we started the semester on Tuesday, so it's really only day four. But I mean, there's one kid that I haven't met yet. There's a lot of kids that you know they show up for a couple of minutes, so I I feel like if I can get them to 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 show up, let's say, you know, on time, uh, like for a couple of days, I feel like my biggest strength is my relationship with my students, and that I'd be able to kind of draw them in and make them realize like, this is not like any other math class you've ever taken, you know, that um, I, I'm not what you think of when you think of math. And that's not the way that this class is ran. And, but I feel like I need to get them there. Yeah. So, you know, I've been talking to their counselors and their case managers. Um, We've been holding – I've talked to my supervisor. We've been holding off on on calling home, um, partly because I feel like I think that the reason why a kid wouldn't show up uh, is avoidance, you know, math avoidance, or, you know, they're worried about what this class is going to be like. Um, And I I feel like if I call home now, it's already starting off with, like, this negative vibe, you know, that they were avoiding it, and now there's – more negative uh feelings towards it so we've been holding off but uh it's like uh at what point do i start you know i i started talking about curriculum on friday because it was like okay it's the fourth day of school and you know i'm gonna have to move on whether i have one kid or two kids yeah um but most days i'm missing you know the first day um I had three kids but they all came in more than a half hour late and the second day I had one kid and then I've had two kids since then so it's just hard that I feel like I could do something but like I can't build a relationship with you if you're not there
1: yep so I I think calling home is a good idea but letting them know like look I'm just calling home because I'm gonna be I tell people this all the time I do not believe this right but I tell parents this all the time I go um, the kid's not showing up to my class and it's basically the best class they're ever going to have in their life so it's just like you got the golden ticket to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory you need to show up like like what were you doing something else it's it's overselling it but letting what you're doing in that is showing people how much you want their kid to show up it's not just like this is a state thing or it's a truancy thing which it is but it's you're missing out on an opportunity where I'm going to teach your kid to the best of my ability help them reach their dreams and we're really going to it, it have an engaging time doing it. What you're like, you didn't show up for that? Like, you know, and then that's their own decision, right? After that, it's their own decision. The kid that does show up, and I've had those classes where like one or two students will engage with me. I don't care if the other 30 aren't. Like, I, like we're we're doing stuff that is having great conversations, doing projects, communicating with one another. And I think, you know, it's the old you can lead a horse to the water, you can't make them drink. But can you, you make, can make
0: them, them thirsty.
1: thirsty? Yep. And so if we can do that, then I think that we are, we're doing like, we're letting that one kid also that does show up, not feel like they're not enough. It's like, all right, you're here. Like let's full tilt party now. Like, it's like, I don't know. I've just been in enough crappy bar bands that it was like, we didn't care if there were three people that didn't know us that were, you know, and two of them were already passed out drunk on the bar. It was like, we're still having it anyway. That's just how we did it. And I think that we can do that the same way in our classrooms. Um, I pretend sometimes in my head that the kids that have their cameras off are just like r- roaring with laughter and think that the class is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Um, even though I pre- they're probably not, but I'm just like, oh, I <laughs> no reason to believe the other way. So I just pretend.
2: You also have to keep yourself seen, right? If you're just thinking the opposite of that, like yeah. that's just it not makes it feel your like, mental health either. Yeah.
1: yeah. So um,
2: Chris Carson said, uh, Amanda, call home and tell them you really miss them and you want to see them. He's a special education teacher as well. That was his tip. Thank you,
0: Chris.
1: So look, I really hope that the rest of your video works out. Um, and just remember to, like for this is for everyone too, like this shifts at some point, right? Like we don't we don't live, we don't teach virtually for the rest of our lives. Like this will shift at some point. Um, and I just try to keep remembering that and like being excited that like uh, you know, teacher Christmas is coming at some point and it'll be it'll be great again. But um, cool, but well, look. Thank you for coming on. It was great to to see you and to meet you. Um, Yeah,
0: thanks for having me.
1: My my best to you, all right?
0: All right, thank you. Take care.
1: What do we got?
2: Okay, Naomi is next. She is asking, as a student or another team teacher, how is it best to support a long-term sub?
1: Oh, so are they, I wonder if they're the teacher that's in the class with So I'll I'll say this, I have a long-term sub right now. came in the teacher they took over for is someone that the kids really love that the staff loves. Um, and when people like that leave for a while, it's, it's kind of a, a bummer, especially when the kids get someone that they're like, who's this They're you're not miss so-and-so or Mr. So-and-so, or you're not the person we had before. I think when that happens, it is important to, um, to just make those folks feel welcome. So like on Friday, like I hit this dude up that took over and I was like, "Hey, man, and this is a true story. I didn't make this up." The kids were like, "Yo, Mr. So and So." I go, "Yo, how's that class going?" "Yo, pretty good. And he's pretty funny, man. Like, and he he try, he's trying. He's trying." And uh, I love that. That's like, oh my guys, compliment someone. He's trying, you know. Like, <laughs> we don't know that we're buying his shit, but like, he's trying. Um, <laughs> and then that kid goes, "You know what?" He goes, "Real Rap Reynolds. He looks like Edgar Allan Poe." You know, that classic oh, picture, I was
2: here when he said dude, that. that was so funny.
1: So I immediately hit the dude up and I go, look, yo, look, quote from the students. He's doing pretty good. He's funny and he's trying. And AK or, uh, also he looks like get Around Poe and he hit me back and he was like, I really needed that boost and I appreciate Aww. it. I think it's those little things that let someone know that's new, know that they are still part of the community, still part of the family, um, and still worth our time and effort, even though they're only going to be here for a short amount of time. Yeah. That's it. Uh,
2: That's too short person. <laughs> yes, well, I'll find the question. I mean, but every other question answer from...
1: has been five minutes long today. Know? Yes. Yes, I like uh,
2: our next question, once I find it to bring it up there, is from Tiffany Wolf. She is asking, do you ever get pushback from your parents or administrators concerning low test scores? I'm a data specialist, but now being pushed to take on a class of sixth graders who need extra support.
1: Yes. Do all the time. Um I refuse to put, to make that important this year. And I know, I know, I know how that sounds. It just, it just sounds like, like, but what if we can't? But what if that's important? But what if my job depends on it? We gave students um, a benchmark test this year, which we do multiple times throughout the year. Uh, and it's to, to sort of like, it's an in-house test to sort of like see where students are and see where their, where their abilities lie. Um, and then we do it in the middle of the year, and we do it at the end of the year to, to chart students' growth. There are too many outlying factors right now that when we continue, especially virtually, to force students to be online from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., um, and I mean, you guys know, man, like you know that when someone unmutes and, and you're like, uh, Edmund, and then you never talk, man. Come on, give me something. Let, let me hear your answers. Like you say it out loud and they unmute and you hear the madness of their household behind them because they have to be in the living room with everyone else because they don't have strong enough Internet. And the, them and their four siblings are all using the same Internet Wi-Fi stream and all zooming, which is really pulling from it. And mom and dad are working from home and somebody's watching the TV like there's too much going on for us to say oh yeah, we can make this the least restrictive environment for your child to learn and to take an assessment. Like when that student, especially if they have something like ADHD or, or really need to focus because they have dyslexia, when we would typically put them in a small room to be able to sit with a teacher and two other students to be in that small, quiet class space. And now what, like you're, you have to sit on your couch while your little sister's science teacher is doing an experiment and talking about something. It's just like, it's just, it's, it is measuring things in the wrong way. I don't necessarily know what the right way is. I don't always have the right answer, but I definitely can tell when something is wrong. Right. Um, and you know, I hope I can, but I think that's just one of those moments of like, you can keep doing assessments, but it's just not putting as much emphasis on those things. It is, I think putting emphasis on you showing up every day. Are you engaging with the class? Are you trying? Are you at least doing some work, even if you're failing, and then meeting the kids where they are and bring them up to where they need to be this year as best we can? Um, it's like, look, the, the ship is sinking. But, like, are we going to be able to get it to the beach so that we can assess the problem, fix the ship, and then set back out on our course going forward? I just think that that's the game. What you got?
2: Excellent. You're going to love this person's
1: uh, name. Ozma ah, Mir?
2: No. Um, Mothsocks. What's that? Oh, yeah. They gave us a super chat. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. I couldn't see the meme on here. Yeah. That's wonderful. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Um, They did, but we'll do that one first.
2: Okay. Mothsocks is saying, Reynolds, I'm starting my teaching course in September to teach high school art. Do you have any good tips on making a good first impression with the kids and some good icebreakers? First
1: of all, you win the name of the day. (laughs) I don't know the origin story behind that but I'm just pretending that it's the most amazing it's thing just ever. funny. Um or her name is really Moth Socks could be possible also. you just sound really
2: funny but cool name.
1: Yeah. So all right. Uh, mm-hmm. I think dude I think high school art is I think high school art is so fascinating because it can just go anywhere. You could like basically get away it's like one of the reasons I love teaching English is I can talk about everything and then turn it into curriculum. Like it's like oh yeah, we're talking about Whatever hot topic is going on now, um, and put it under the guise of like critical thinking. Oh, Rick Ross got in trouble with something. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that in class. Oh, Uzi's new album came out. Oh, everyone's watching some new show. Like, um, oh, we're watching Cobra Kai. Yeah, let's watch that episode and like talk about juxtaposition. I just think it like offers you the ability to to have to do a ton of stuff. I think the greatest. Gift you can tell your students on the first day of school is two things. I want to be here. I love this job. I'm excited about being here. And that sounds so dumb, but I literally, in my life from kindergarten to college, have never had a teacher tell me, No, I want to be here. I'm stoked. I love this stuff. I'm excited about this. And not to say that they don't exist, I just never had any of them in my classes. I think saying that. Um, and because I, look, I I also say a lot. My friend Hannah says that, uh, love is a verb that you can tell someone you love them or you can show them you love them, but they're not necessarily the same thing. I think teaching is the same way we can tell kids, like we can just show them we're excited or we can tell them we're excited, but I think both matter guys, girls, everybody here. I'm super stoked to be here. I love this job. I love being your teacher and I can't wait to get into it this year. That's one of the things, and then the other thing is to find out the most stuff that you can find out about your students. So I don't do icebreakers. I'm not an icebreaker kind of guy, but um, I do. I, uh, I think it, I think I talk about this in the book. To um, I do this thing called a life map in the beginning of the year, and I think it's it is the best thing. I like. I haven't changed it for years because it just yields the best results. Have your students create an art project, PowerPoint slide, something that is. I want to know the top 10 moments in your life between birth and now that made you into the individual that you have become. And I do this every year. Where I talk to kids about the things that made me who I was. And some of those are happy and some of them are sad. And some of them are, you know, like I graduated high school, first male in my family to ever graduate high school. Um, but my dad died when I was four. My mom died when I was younger. But I learned how to play music and that changed my life drastically traveling and living in Africa for a while, um, staying in a monastery, uh, wanting to become a clown. The first time I got a car and, and the freedom that they gave me, it's talking about all those things. Your students will share things with you that your staff members will go, how do you how do you know that about them? Oh, we did a project in class and they told me. Like, I just created space for kids to explore and express who they are and what they're about. The end. I think that that, that will serve me the best. So best of luck to you, Moth socks. <laughs> awesome
2: do you see that comment anywhere oh nevermind oh, okay so asma uh yep. is first actually, of all let's
1: let's preface this because we're probably saying your name wrong yeah and if I'm you've really not been on here before
2: we're all terrible with we're really
1: bad with vowels dyslexia is a thing in our
2: house yeah like,
1: and but. it when there's too many vowels involved it just we can't do it so and i also I'm auditory too. So like if I hear something, if I hear a piece of music, I can play a piece of music. I, I can't always read a piece of music. So anyway, I just want you to know that.
2: They're asking, I turned down a scientist position to teach this group. I just don't want to let them down first time teaching. Oh, I thought it was a question. Thirdly, oh. I don't know if it is, but you
1: can give some advice. Uh, well, no, no, no. There was another, they had another one on oh. here. I thought I don't think so. chemist finishing alternative certification program. Oh. Just got my first job in hybrid tech. Cam slash uh, yeah, physics next week. Can you give me some tips? Just for
2: first job, hybrid
1: teaching. All right.
2: If you see it, throw it up there. uh
1: got. Throw up. Oh, oh wait, I go to, above.
2: The yeah, bottom.
1: right there. Um, so I think.
2: Why is mine not in the same order that yours is? Anyway, I don't sorry. know.
1: Sorry, my computer's bigger, <laughs> therefore we'll better. Be sh- um, so. Gosh, coming in. Now in a year like this teaching, I would, so there are, so sometimes, and I'm going to project here for a moment, sometimes folks that come from jobs like being a scientist, being a writer, being an editor or publisher, um working at a museum or for something like, uh, I've known a lot of folks that have like worked for like Gettysburg and like the National Monument System and stuff like that. Um, sometimes their love of what they're talking about, what they're doing isn't enough to inspire children. What you have to do is take what you're doing and make it cool to them. So I think of I work with this dude who's a science teacher, um, and he's so good, like so like on a on an eerie level because, he loves science and he tells the kids all the time. Like he just loves science. He's always talking about science, reading about science, learning new stuff about science, coming in and talking about guys just learning this. And he's like, kind of, kind of like, like, a, like a crazy professor about it. Like, you know, I just learned this new thing. I just want to tell you guys about it. So stoked about it. I I love that. I think that that is a core element. What does this mean to you is the bigger element that those, it's not bigger. Those two things have to come together and work together. Um, so it is letting kids know why you're here, how excited you are. Just like I said to the last person, uh, why you're here, like how excited you are to be doing this. Um, but also this is what this actually means. Like you realize the real world, like, um, I'm losing words now because I'm talking too much, uh, how this like sort of materializes into the real world, like what this means for us. Um. So it's like hearing someone talk about neuroscience is can be interesting. Hearing someone talk about the universe, hearing someone talk about like writing, but not realizing like what that actually means to me and how that's going to help me reach my dreams and find success in the world or to be just be more interested in it. Um, I think it's those couple of things. And then the other thing is starting this year now, like in the midst of pr- possibly – hybrid or virtual learning it's difficult do not it has nothing to do with you i know teachers that are awesome like the best um some of the greatest i've ever seen in my life and i can't imagine anyone be doing better anywhere else in the world there might be people that are doing like they're on that level but i don't know that there's people that are better that being said they're still finding this year a struggle so it's figuring out ways to um help kids as much as you can to keep moving the needle to keep them learning to keep pushing forward um and but not beating yourself up because of the state of of the world right now best of luck to you man that's really exciting and i I hope it's fantastic for you
2: i was doing something else i don't know where the comment is on Streamyard, but we're gonna go with enjoy life is next and this is our last question for the day um reynolds thanks uh thanks for recommending Mm -hmm. Can you share oh. how you use it? I am recording seconds, the- then having students watch it like an Ed puzzle.
1: Thank you. It's the most awkward thing to tell people that you're using, too. I have, uh, What's the – what are you guys – what are you using in class lately? We're using mm-hmm. – <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's like, is that suggestive? Did you just make a pass at me? I don't know what happened. Are you, or did you really like it? I don't know. Um say the question one more time because i was too busy uh, thinking it's not really a question.
2: it was more of a comment i guess oh about um, using mm? mm-hmm, so if you guys something.
1: have not used this yet um it is a it's a really fun way to like sprinkle some magic on your zoom uh it is just called like type in mm-hmm, and it, you'll you'll find a couple m's and h and
2: m's yeah uh okay. that was it yeah
1: cool okay. gang look it's 30 um, it's yeah, it's, you know, and the team's on here, so we gotta you know, and Laura Green's new to the team um that is actually making this this train keep going. Um,
2: so many people
1: so I can't get this uh, to go off now. can you oh, well, yeah. see if on your side that'll work. so anyway, um real quick, guys, before you go, I always say guys because I swear it's because I teach all boys. I'm just used to saying like guys, uh, the uh I'm just thinking, what if this month, what if February was the month of you? What if this was the month that you just poured into yourself, the month that you gave um, yourself a break, that you did something that was good for yourself, that you filled yourself up with joy, that you took a look, that when school was done at the end of the day, that you stopped, you enjoyed your kids, that you enjoyed your life, that you enjoyed the food and the wine that you're drinking and stuff more. Like, what if this was your month so that you can then finish the year strong. I was talking to someone last night that my number one relationship in the world is with my wife. Not even my kids, it's with my wife. And that my kids when this goes well, they get to live out of the overflow of that love that that I have. And so what happens when you love yourself like that? What happens when you love your spouse like that and if everybody around you because you're filling yourself up so much, they're living out of the overflow of your love. I just think that that's a really wonderful idea. Um, And in a month like February, look, you don't even, and if you don't, if that makes you feel uncomfortable, February is the shortest month of the year anyway. So you don't have to do it for that long. You only have 28 days and like, we're like a third of the way through it already. So that's my plan for this month is to uh, exhibit as much self-love as I can. Um, I'm going to get off here. I'm going to go to the store and buy some snacks. I'm going to go watch uh, the the big game, the, the big game on my big ass TV that I, I will tell you about. So I didn't, I'm not talking keep about it yet. Right. I'm not talking about we You're so terrible. Incredible
2: I Incredible
1: new thing that I'm working on that provided me that I'm we'll get there. You're such
2: a terrible YouTuber that goes, I've got amazing stuff. coming. Big, great,
1: big secret coming up. Wait till you see. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's it. Gang, you are the best. And I love that everyone's on here every week. It is literally the highlight of my week um and i will uh we'll all see you next week same time bring a friend sunday night teacher talk